Hello there. I'm History of the Flash, but you could call me JD. And I'm the comic book hunter, but you could call me Hunter. And we're joined by special guest today, writer of The Flash Rebirth and the upcoming Justice League Odyssey, Josh Williamson. Hi, how you guys doing? Josh, I just <laughs> want to thank you for joining us on the podcast, and uh, we're very thankful to have you uh, for this interview. Yeah, it's awesome. Thanks for having me on. It's always good to talk to other Flash fans. <laughs> and I'd just like to give a big shout out to uh, Allison Farias from DC Comics for making this all possible. Uh, thank you so much. And that being said, welcome to Hero Story, episode 17. Uh, we're going to start with our... Uh, we were able to get the copy of Justice League Gossy a little early. We're, we'll, we won't be spoiling it on this episode, but we will be talking about it. Basically the concept and whatnot. Yeah, we got to read Justice League Odyssey number one a bit early, and uh, just like a quick overview, we'll ask uh, Josh our questions about Justice League Odyssey, and then uh, we have a bunch of questions prepared in our Q&A, and yeah, we hope to give you guys a good episode. We, yeah. we, please, we aim to entertain. All right, uh, Josh, uh, first question. Um, when Justice League Odyssey became a thing, did you actually choose the members on the team like jessica cruz cyborg azriel starfire etc etc or did dc actually give those characters to you uh it was a little bit of both i mean with dc particularly like i've i go to the office fairly often and sit down with them and talk about all this stuff that we're planning out and when it came to building out just like odyssey it started kind of organically out of our plans for no justice like almost a year ago we've been talking about what no justice was going to be and breaking up these groups Right. Once we decided we were going to do Justice League Odyssey, it really was kind of like me throwing out ideas and then going back and forth, right? So it was like Cyborg and Starfire were always a given. Like those two were very central to it because of their involvement in No Justice. Right. Like we knew those two were always going to be in there. Mm-hmm. Then it's funny, dude. Like I, I, we had like lists of characters we kept going back and forth on. And the team would get bigger and bigger and bigger and then it would get smaller and smaller and smaller and it just kept going back and forth. And then we started talking about having Green Lantern. Um, for like a hot minute there, it was going to be Kyle. And I love Kyle. Um, he's always oh, going to have we like... We do too. Yeah. <laughs> yeah he's always going to have like a part of like my nerdy heart, right? And mm-hmm. and so I was really excited about that. We kept going back and forth on it. But then it was like once we started doing the book and laying it out, I started looking more and more at Jessica and thinking about what she would be like and how I could kind of do something different with her. And do something different, like, because with Kyle, Kyle's been around for so long, he has so much more experience than her. I thought I was showing her in a way of somebody who's less experienced and has something to prove. And so I started with gravitating toward her a little bit, which I'm really glad I did, because she ended up becoming a character I really enjoyed writing. Uh, I totally, it's funny, like, I have a mission to make sure I write every single DC character at some point in my life. <laughs> and I have, written, I have not written Kyle yet, and Kyle's a character that I, you know, like I said, I loved. You know, like, I went to design school, I was, like, super into, like, the idea that he was this graphic designer, Green Lantern. But, anyway, uh, so I went and got jessica and we brought her in and i went to them and was like i'm thinking about jessica and they were like we were thinking about that too so it kind of worked out oh, nice. Azrael was one that was kind of like an oddball because yeah that's what we were thinking too because it's space and he's like you know <laughs> batman level <laughs> yeah exactly so we started going back and forth and then there was it's so funny dude like sometimes in this job you'll come up with crazy ideas and you think they're gonna say no and then they don't say no <laughs> and uh and that's kind of how Azrael goes and actually it's because danny dio loves Azrael. That's sort of how it worked out. Like, I really like Ezreal a lot. Like, I have Shadow, or I'm sorry, I have, um, where is it? It's just on my desk right here. No, 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 no. I have, uh, where'd it go? I have sort of Ezreal on my desk, normally. Oh, here it is. Yeah. 
I have Sir Azrael on my desk. I really, I love this book. And so uh, it came up in my mind of like, well, what if we put Azrael in there? We just make different. I'm friends with James Tynan. He was doing stuff with him over in Detective. Yeah. And so we started going back and forth and talking about it. I'm like, and I remember talking to James about it. I was like, dude, what if I put, and I knew at this time we were building this, I knew that James was leaving Detective. And so I was like, what if I use Azrael? So I started thinking about him visually and I started thinking about who it would be. And then, you know, every team kind of has to have some kind of connection to Batman. So, yeah, and I don't true. say that in a bad way. I don't say it in a bad way, but no, of course, really, he's like a central hero to DC. Yeah, and it's like he's such a—I don't know—with Azrael, it's interesting. Like, I was really a big fan of that, like Barry Kitson and Roger Robinson series in the '90s, um, and so it was just kind of cool. I was glad that it was John Paul again, right? Like James was able to put you know John Paul back in that armor. Mm-hmm. So all this kind of came around. And I was like, you know what? What about Azrael? That'd be totally different and weird. He has it, it, the thing is, you always kind of want to have a character that has like a POV character that has no experience with space or no experience with something they're going to, because like Cyborg, Starfire, and Jessica all have experience in space. Right. He does not. Yeah. So I was like, what if I got a character that had no experience with this stuff? That'll be the 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 POV. Sometimes it's, it helps with exposition as well, like someone to explain things to. Mm-hmm. Um, so I went with him, and I'm pitching him on the phone, and I remember thinking, like, all right, how about this? Azriel. And I thought they'd be like, <laughs> no, no. And then they were like, oh, no, done, perfect, yes, let's do it. Um, Weird. And it was awesome. It was funny. <laughs> yeah, though, without, without getting uh, Without getting too much into, like, spoilers and stuff, like, there ended up being a lot of really cool stuff to play with him about that I ended up finding and able to, to bring in things that hasn't been seen in a long time with him and able to kind of play around with some of the ideas of the order of saint Dumas and like all this stuff with him it ended up being just i don't know like one of my favorite parts of the series actually came because of Azrael. it's 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 an oddball thing like when we get there it's gonna be a really cool visual moment but it all came because of him so yeah okay. it, it's, it's funny when you build these team books it really is a conversation back and forth um so I don't know. It was a, bit, a little bit of me, a little bit of them, I guess. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. What, what about Darkseid though? Because he's kind of yeah, the biggest oddball. Uh, yeah, Darkseid. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, the thing about Darkseid is that, like, originally, uh, I was thinking about having it be Orion. So we were gonna have Orion Ooh. join the team, Ooh. and but it was weird. It was like bringing Orion in. The reason was was because we were bringing Darkseid in a little later, and we kept going back and forth on this. And then as we were developing the story. It was weird. It was like Orion kept acting like Darkseid in the story, sort of, which was against his character. And aside from like having the temper and stuff like that, but we kept on going back and forth on this. And I remember one day I was on, I was going for a walk, and somebody at DC called me, and they were just like, "Hey, like, why not just cut to the chase and just have it be Darkseid in the book?" And I like stopped. You know, I was like, "I don't know how it's gonna work. That's pretty crazy." you know, I don't want to diminish the character. I don't want to make him feel smaller. He's already been going through that. But then the conversation came about like. You know, ever since uh, Dark Side War, you know, he was a baby, he was in metal, he was in Wonder Woman, and they de-aged him, you know, like, the, it, it keeps back going back and forth. Then it became this conversation of, like, well, is this the book where we try to find a way of returning him back to power and to his formal glory and showing him as this, like, master manipulator, you know, new god, and, and really show how evil he can be, and... and 
And then it became, then I will tell you, like, yeah, it became this whole thing of, like, why would they ever work with him? Like, he's a villain. Why would he work with them? You know? Like, yeah, it, it was interesting to see in number one, because uh, we got to read it early, uh, without going into any spoilers here, uh, Cyborg and Starfire seem to have an immediate distrust for Darkseid because, you know, they've been through so much, including, you know, Darkseid War and all that. So uh, it's interesting to see that dynamic between, you know, hero and villain. Can uh, Cyborg really trust somebody who he should hate? Oh, yeah, I mean, you'll see beginning of issue two. I don't. I'm not a, a, afraid to spoil this. Issue two is like them all fighting him. Like they just they goes right into it. It's not like a, we're going to stand around and talk about this. They start fighting him immediately. Um, yeah. And then it becomes. Then the thing is, is that 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 level of trust, like the idea of them ever trusting him and working with him, is part of the building thread. Like they're not going to immediately, but it's part of the building thread of them realizing that they need him because the ghost sector is so dangerous. There's no survival there. There's no mercy there. And they find that the only way to survive there is through somebody so evil that they hate. Like, that's it. That's the only option. And so that's sort of the thing that's building across it. Um, I went back and I read uh, one of my favorites, which is, like, Mike Mignola and Jim Starlin when they did Cosmic Odyssey. Mm -hmm. And I went back and I read that. And in that, they work with him there, too, because it's, like, the fate of the universe. And so I went back and read that. And so all these things kind of came together and... um, He's been a lot of fun to write because, you know, yeah, he's super evil and he's yeah. super manipulative. Um, but we're also dealing with, with a version of him that isn't at his best. Like, he isn't at his strongest because everything's been going on the last two, three years. Um, and we're going to try and, you know, tell the story of how you get him back to being the, the epic new god that you know from, like, Rock of Ages and stuff. Like, how do we get him back to that? Okay. That yeah. sounds very interesting. Uh, now, uh, just curious, because uh, Justice League Odyssey was supposed to start at the same time as Justice League Dark, but then mm-hmm. I got delayed because the I believe the first two or three issues got uh, scrapped. So uh, can you talk about that at all? Yeah, it's the first two issues. I mean, what had happened was we've been developing this book for a while, and we were kind of like off in our own little world. And we had this summit. So we had the summit where we all had to get up and give presentations on our books and the future of the book. Like what we were doing it for like a year or so. And I went up and did Flash and, uh, you know, went up and did Odyssey. It was great. It was, it was really awesome to see like all these different creators go up. You know, like Kelly Sue went up and pitched Aquaman and, you know, this amazing Aquaman story. And everyone goes up, pitches like their whole thing, right? And I went up there and we started talking about Odyssey. And then so the day after that summit, because um, it was like three days long. I stayed and went to the office and sat down with like Dan and Jim and some of the editors and started talking about uh, some other creators that I won't name yet because I don't want to like spoil things. For other people. <laughs> yeah, um, all good, all good. You know, it, it was interesting, like because James and I, because we're so tied into Justice League, um, we sat there and we started talking about these really, really big plans. So this idea came out during the summit. There was an idea, and for that idea to work, we had to go back, and that's really what happened. It was this whole thing where we're looking at it and we're like, man, this thing would be really cool if we could do this, but it's too late to do that. And then we started just having this conversation about, is it too late? Like, is it really too late? Um, and I remember I went home and then I got a call that night and then it was like two days of trying to figure out how it was going to work. And I was like, well, this ship has sailed. But then we started talking about it and it was like, you know, the biggest bummer was going to be losing those two issues and some of the art in it. But yeah. then it became, is this a better story? Is this a bigger story? Is this going to be more fun for him to draw, too? Um, and then we all came around to it. And that was the thing that was, like I said, was kind of a bummer, is with Stefan, like, losing some of that art. But him and I have talked about it. He even says the same thing. I know he said this online, where he's like, yeah, but the stuff I'm drawing now is better and was, is cooler and bigger, you know? Mm-hmm. It's more epic. So, yeah, and that's basically it. it. It was that thing of, like, you know, 
I don't know, it was kind of strange. I, I don't like using the word reshoots. <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> that idea, you look at it, you're like, man, I can't like better Mm-hmm. Yeah, it was interesting. Uh, Steven had posted some of the art on his uh, Twitter page, I believe, and yeah. um, included Jess with the construct dragon, which looked awesome. And I hope you include that in the future because, like, it just looked so great. So um, it was interesting to see some of the uh, scrapped art, and I'm interested to see what he's going to bring to the table for the uh, real issues now. Yeah, he's great. He's great. Um, he's really creative. I think the thing with him that I love working with him is that he really brings this kind of like his character acting to his art, you know, like his facial expressions, like it reminds me a lot of like Kevin Maguire, how, you know, you go back and you read like his justice league with given to mass. Like you go back and you read it. And so much of that book was just the character acting between the characters and the facial expressions and the interactions. And it's like, that's what he brings to this book in a lot of ways. And that was one of the things when I was writing it, I tried to keep that in mind of trying to make sure I left room for him to be creative. That like, if I said, and I, and I talked to him about this where I'm like, if I say this is one panel, and these are things happening. If you want to extend that to three panels, or you can find a way, a different way of telling this, fire away. Like totally do it because he's really good at that. Um, yeah. yeah, he's awesome. Some some of the art from the other other uh, books might find their way into things eventually. But yeah, it's uh, the stuff that he's doing now. The first two issues is really really cool. It's beautiful stuff. Yeah, awesome. for sure. We're very but, excited for Justice yeah. League Odyssey. Yeah, yeah. Uh, he was on um, Aquaman from issue uh, twenty five up. And from there, it was beautiful. And I was really happy that he's doing Odyssey because just the way he draws space in general is beautiful enough. It's kind of similar yeah, to Atlantis. A, yeah. Yeah, he is a great he's a great artist. Uh, I've been following him for a really long time. I was actually in the office. So I don't know when this was, man. Like maybe a year ago. I was walking through the office and they have this wall of all the covers that are coming up. And some of you see, some aren't, but they just kind of like let you know. It's just a cool wall of covers, right? Mm-hmm. And so I'm walking past it and it was like a month or two before they announced that he was on the book and it was the cover of 25 and it's Aquaman with the beard right yeah and i literally stopped like i was walking past it and i stopped and i pointed at it. i said is this real and <laughs> one of the editors was like yeah that's totally real and i just hugged him because i was like <laughs> hell yeah he's got the beard that's my aquaman and then another editor that was nearby was like oh yeah he's drawing the book i thought he was doing covers and yeah, I was like, know. oh, show me stuff. So I ran over, and they were showing me stuff from issue the first issue twenty five that he did, and I was like, this is amazing. Yeah, I was, I was really glad they got him and were able to bring him over because I knew him mostly from like Top Cow stuff and a couple image things. Mm-hmm. Um, so I was glad they were able to bring him over. And I don't know, he's he's a really talented artist. He's really oh, yeah, good for sure, for sure. Um, speaking of Jessica Cruz, when she first kind of started in uh, both Dark Side War and Rebirth, she had a lot of anxiety, and then during the Green Lanterns run with Sam Humphreys, uh, she kind of. She still has anxiety, but it's been a lot. Uh, she's been able to control it a lot better. I'm wondering if you're gonna kind of develop her anxiety a little more, kind of add that to the story of Odyssey, or just kind of keep her where she's at now, where she's just kind of confident enough, still a little nervous, but confident. I feel like she's confident, a little nervous. I asked Sam because Sam wrote her for so long. Like I don't yeah. see the and after, but Sam and I are good friends, so I just asked Sam, and I. Sam and Andrew, uh, Andrew Marino, who's my Flash editor, was the editor on, on Green Lanterns before he moved over to Flash. And okay. so I just called him up one day, and, and he's also like a Green Lantern maniac. Um, so I just called him up and was like, let's talk about it. Let's talk about her and, and what you guys feel, you know, where she's headed, where she's been. And they both kind of something interesting to me where they were like, well, just remember, like, 
she's not only anxiety. Like that isn't you know isn't oh, all yeah, there for is sure, character, for sure. you know. And I was I was and I was like, yeah, you're right. And so we started talking about her a bunch. And again, I think I said this earlier. Like I really love writing her, and I feel like she's kind of. I don't want to say she's over it because I think that's not fair and unrealistic. But I think that she, like you're saying, she's becoming more confident. She's learning to deal with it. Yeah, she's learning to sort of, you know, turn her what those weaknesses into her strengths and, and kind of get back to that person who was a survivalist before the stuff that happened, right? right? And I think all those things are kind of empowering her. And so by the time we get to Cosmic o- or just like Odyssey, she's much more yeah confident. And it, it, it's interesting writing her because. Originally, when I started writing the book, the two, not to say main characters, but the two voices I heard the most were Cyborg and, and uh, Starfire. Like, they were the, the back and forth, right? That rhythm. Mm-hmm. And and I talked to James about this, because James is really, I think James is great at writing teams. You can see it with, with Detective. You can see it with Justice League Dark. And then when I talked about this, he's like, no matter what happens, there's always two leaders, right? You know, you look right. at X-Men, like Cyclops and Wolverine, you know, Batman, Superman, whatever. It's like, there's always this, this, this constant back and forth. Like with Dark now, it's, it's Zatanna and Wonder Woman, right? The, that, that rhythm back and forth. Mm-hmm. And so when I started writing this, it was very much Cyborg and Starfire back and forth, right? But then I realized they were too close. They were too friendly. They got along too well. And yeah. by just organically, as I've been writing it and, and, and plotting out future issues and talking to them about it, it's completely like she took on a mind of her own right like jessica became that other person um she became the 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 back and forth the cyborg where she challenges him a little and he challenges her and um it's been really awesome like to see that it's it's really rewarding as a writer when you finally i don't know where a character clicks with you and kind of takes takes over for themselves a little bit like even if i wanted to write her one way she would not let me you know Um, yeah I think that's always one of the most rewarding things you can find when you can connect with a character like that. And that's that's sort of what happened with Jessica. So it's been really awesome writing her. And I think, you know, all these characters are going to be different by the time we tell this massive story and by the time we get to the end of it. Um, they're all going to go through some changes and it's really going to impact, like, the cosmic side of the DCU. And she's one of those ones where I think we, she comes away from it. She's going to be uh, even more badass than she's ever been. Oh, yeah, for sure. I'm looking forward to it. Yeah, and um, I think that's about it for our Justice League Odyssey questions. Uh, for anyone listening, it's on sale this Wednesday. Uh, it's definitely read it. I definitely enjoyed number one, and this is a series that I can't wait for because so it's got a great team. And uh, Josh Williamson is on two books now, so uh, look out for it. It's really exciting. Mm. Uh, and with that, we're going to move on to uh, more uh, personal questions, and then we'll get on to the much highly anticipated Flash questions. <laughs> so um, I just want to start out with... Um, when you were a kid, did you know you want to write comic books as a living? Yeah, yeah. When I was in fourth grade, it even says like in my little yearbook, it says it actually says comic book editor, which is really weird. <laughs> comic book editor, like comic oh, yeah. Writer. Uh, but yeah, like I've been hooked my whole life, and and I I just knew I wanted from like a little kid. You know, sometimes it feels like it's impossible. Um, but yeah, a little kid in high school, that's all. That's all I ever wanted to do. I worked at a comic book store um, from the age of fourteen to about 24, like, three different stores in that time period, like, high school, college, a little outside of college. But that whole time, that's all I wanted to do. And so the moment I got out of uh, high school, I started trying to make my own, like, doing mini-comics, going to conventions, um, hitting people up, trying to, to get advice on on comics. Um, I met a lot of creators when I was really young because of that. Like, I would go... I met Jeff when I was pretty young. I met Grant when I was young. I met Howard Porter um, when I was, like, 17. Oh, wow. Uh, so I would go, yeah, I was out there. Like, I would go to conventions. And, like, I met um, Joe Quesada and Jimmy Palmiotti when I was 17. Um, but, yeah, I would just 
get out there. Like it was, it's funny. I don't want to use the word obsession, but I think that's the most accurate <laughs> word. <laughs> Call it. Interesting. Um, now I'm just wondering, uh, what comic books did you read as a kid? Um, I, I actually not sure how old you are, but I'm assuming that you grew up in the uh, 80s and 90s. So, um, were you yeah. reading like a lot of post-crisis comics? Or yeah, yeah. I mean, there's the I think the first. So it is my my mom and my dad. They both read comics um, when they oh, were younger. Cool. And so what happened was, by the time I'm like I'm like you know that age, you kind of start like really looking at books. You know, you're talking like two, three, four. Uh, my parents already had a short box in the house of like their older stuff, and so it was like a lot of older comics in there. There were like Brave and the Bolds, and there were um, Fantastic Four and Doom Patrol, some Teen Titans. There was a couple uh, like like really oddball stuff, like Jerry Lewis comics and Bob Hope comics, and like Star Trek Gold Key comics, and um, you know hot stuff and things like that. Like I was able to sort of have this really uh, like I don't say dated, but like I was reading really old comics and then. Uh, there's this book, um, it's called The Great Comic Book Heroes, mm-hmm. and it's a hardcover, um, it's kind of famous, it's, it's really weird because it's a collection of origins of DC, Marvel, and other, uh, comic book characters, it's one of the only times you'll actually find a collection of, like, all of these things in one, mm-hmm. um, and it's awesome, I have a really good copy of it here, and, uh, my parents had that, and so a lot of that was me sort of getting introduced to like the origins of these characters through that. Um, and it's older, so it doesn't have like Barry in it. It has Jay. Like it has Jay's or Oh wow. Really it older has, then, yeah. Yeah, it has like the spirit, it has Superman, Batman. It has Alan Scott, doesn't have Hal. Oh, you know, wow. <laughs> like it's crazy. It has this like golden age Superman on the cover and um, it's sort of this like weird history of superheroes. Um, it has Dick Tracy in it. Who else is in here? Yeah, it's as a, as a Spectre, has Wonder Woman. So it's very much as, as Captain America. It has, it's very much, it's really weird, like I said, it's like Marvel, DC stuff. It's like this weird mix of things. Um, this very, like, golden age sort of book. Then uh, Jack Kirby was doing Superpowers, and so I started getting copies of that because of the toys. Uh, I was just already, like, into superheroes. By the time I started really reading on the regular as post-crisis, um, and started getting these things. So at Costco at the time, they had these packs of like, I want to say 20 comics, but my memory probably betrays me. Like, it was probably actually more than that. Like, looking back at it, DC and Marvel were producing so many comics at that time period. And like, and, and I don't just mean like the line, like, you know, they'd be like 100 comics per oh, company. Yeah. I'm talking about, like, you know, they're printing so many. Yeah. Um, and so what you would do is you go to Costco and you buy these packs. And it would have, like, everything they published that month in it. But in, like, random order, sometimes there'd be duplicates. Like, someone was just slapping these things together, putting a price tag on them, and putting them out. <laughs> and so I would get those. And that's when I really started, like, getting things out of order and getting, you know... It, it's interesting kind of that, that the... the For me, it feels lost. I'm curious about other people. I, I'm, I'm curious what it feels like to go in a comic shop and buy a comic that is, like, issue you know 40 of something and it's like part three of a, a story or something and that's like your introduction to a character um i'd be curious if that still happens now but so i would that's how i was reading stuff i was reading things out of order i was picking stuff up here and there um then what happened and i told this story many times uh so batman returns comes out and at the time there were no comic book stores nearby me it, at least a bike ride away like i would have to like my parents would have to drive me out so yeah, this, yeah this this uh the shop opens up next to the movie theater and the weekend that Batman Returns comes out. And so I go in 
go see the movie. I love it. Like blows my little 11 year old mind. And then <laughs> I come out and there is a sign. There's a sign in front of the comic store that says, if you bring in your ticket subs, you get a free dollar comic. And so now this is 1992. So dollar comic isn't like cheap comic. Like you get like, a, you can get a new Batman comic for a dollar. Uh-huh. So I went in there and my parents, you know, I, I got their ticket subs and I got three comics. Right. Mm. And then that summer, I saw Batman Returns in the theater 17 times. Oh, my God. (laughs) So this is what I figured out. The people that worked at that comic shop, they did not care. And so what I would do is I wait for the the trailer, the the credits to end. When the lights came on, I would start walking up and down the aisles collecting any ticket stubs I found on the ground. (laughs) And I would walk in with, like, a handful of them and get, like, a stack of comics. Um that's really where the addiction part of my thing <laughs> yeah. of, uh, of comics came in. So, you know, you got that. And then, but then I had, to, I had, I had some subscriptions, um, to some different stuff and, you know, but I was getting, I was definitely getting all the Superman books, Batman books, definitely getting flash. Um, my, my flash is weird. I started reading flash right when, not right when Mark Wade took over, but basically born to run, which is pretty much when he uh, took that, over. That's a perfect time to start for any flash fan. Exactly. So it's like, and, and what was weird is, and I actually said I started that. I don't think I started like that month because I remember pretty quickly reading Return of Barry Allen right after that. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think because I got it in some of those packs, but I remember buying Return of Barry Allen in the shop. And uh, what else was I getting, dude? I was getting a lot of like X Men's, um, X Men and Spider Man mostly. It was really weird. I was never that into the Avengers, uh, but I was mostly X Men, Spider Man. Um, Spider Man 2099, I was like super into that. Mm-hmm. Um, X Factor, like Peter David's X Factor, I was really into. But with DC stuff, you know, it was mostly Superman, Batman, and The Flash. Like, I didn't start getting into Green Lantern. It's the same thing, though. It's really weird. I got into Green Lantern after, not after, I basically started reading Green Lantern right before Hal went crazy. Like, oh, okay. the month, two months before, because what happened was, I knew Green Lantern was, this wasn't a book I bought normally. Um, he had a crossover with Superman because of the reign of Superman, they destroyed Coast City. Mm-hmm. And so I was so into Superman then that I bought that crossover issue. And then I just started buying Green Lantern after that. And it literally is like reign of Superman crossover. There's a crossover with him and Ollie. And the next issue is the beginning of him going crazy. It's like, it's 48. So mm-hmm. it's, you know, it's like immediately dove into that. And then next thing you know, like Kyle's there. <laughs> yeah, so, yeah. uh, but yeah, I was reading a lot of different stuff, dude. Like, and just it was interesting at the time. Like, I, I wasn't completely sure how it worked in terms of writing the books. But then I started going to conventions and you start hearing stuff. And then I also had Wizard because Wizard was coming out at the same time, or it just started coming out realistically. Uh-huh. And um, Wizard had all these articles about writing comics and stuff, and it just sort of all made me be like, I'm gonna do this. Um, and it's funny, I talked to you about this. It's, it's a weird experience to know that since I was pretty much in fourth grade, this is all I was going to do was this. It yeah, never yeah you, you were right yeah. on the money. In uh, fifth grade, I wanted to play uh, second base for the Yankees. So uh, not really working out for me as much. <laughs> but uh... <laughs> life is long. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, I'm just wondering, who's your favorite comic book character of all time and has it changed? changed over time because obviously you've been reading comics for uh, decades now so has it changed over time at all uh no i would say it's tough right and it's this is what's funny about like the batman flash crossover 
is that those are my two favorite characters are Batman and Flash. Um, and I don't think that's changed, man. Like, it really hasn't. There's been moments where I've liked a book or I've got into a character. Like, and I got into a character because of a certain run or somebody was writing something that I was, like, super into. But those are the two constants. Like, those are the two that I never stopped buying. Like, there were moments I kind of fell out of Superman a little bit. Mm-hmm. Uh, but, like, when I sold... So, uh, when I moved, I used to live in San Diego. What I used to do was I used to box up all my comics every every month. Instead of organizing them, I would get them. I'd put them in the diamond box, put a date on the outside, and put them in storage. In 2008, when I went to move from San Diego to Portland, I went to storage, and I, like catalog organized and, and literally catalog like like wrote down every comic i had to see what i had and i had a hundred long boxes wow oh my god <laughs> i sold all of it. it took me three months i sold all of it um, wow i kept my trades my collections and stuff like that but what happened was i was moving i also was starting to really get into doing like self-publishing i needed money to pay for the artists and colorists and stuff and so i sold everything off um and the only thing i kept was the Batman stuff and the Flash stuff. Like, everything else I sold. Um, there's a few things here and there. Like, if it was signed. So, like, I have JLA number one signed by Grant and Howard. I kept that. Wow. I had Hitman number one signed. I kept that. Like, it's really crazy. Dude, here in my office, I totally forgot. But my copy of, term- my copy of Terminal Velocity from the 90s, I was looking at it one day for reference. And it's signed by Mark to me. And I don't remember when he signed it. Like, he must have signed it when I was in high school. You, but, have, you have number 100 signed, or you have uh, one of the earlier no, issues? No, the trade. Oh, okay. When I got to, like, the end of high school and I would go to conventions, I stopped taking single issues with me. I started just taking trades. Uh-huh. So I have a lot of trades that are signed by people. Like, I have an Invisibles trade that's signed by Grant. Um, I have a Kill Your Boyfriend by Grant that's signed. Um, but, yeah, I have Terminal Velocity on the inside. I have a little... It's crazy, too, because... It's signed by Mark, and he does this little this little flash lightning bolt. And I did a signing with him two years ago, and he was sitting next to me, and he signs his, his signature exactly the same. And whenever he signs a copy of the flash, still put that little lightning bolt there. Um, but yeah, yeah, yeah. So um, I mean, mostly yeah, I kept Batman and Flash. Those are the two things I kept, and I've never stopped buying them. Like I've never, even now when I get. It was Flash. It's easy because I get Flash comps, so I just keep getting those. It's fine. But with uh, with Batman, I get stuff for free, um, but I still will buy stuff to make sure I have it. Um, so those runs are unbroken, dating back, you know, to the late eighties. Wow, that's awesome. Okay, so, super quick question though: What's your favorite Marvel character or superhero? You know, it's weird. I I would have to say uh, Spider Man. Like I kind of. <laughs> realize over time that it's spider-man because he's the one that i always come back around to i think mm-hmm. like there's days i really like wolverine there's days i love the hulk like i really really um like if i could go right at marvel i it's funny i, I don't know if i would write spider-man there's a part of me i don't know if i would write him i, I love him i don't know if i'd write him it's, it, it's weird sometimes it's a challenge same thing with like legion of superheroes where it's like he's a kid that, that's a group of characters i love I'm not sure if I would write them or not. Like, there's days where I have ideas for it. It's the same thing with Spider-Man, where there's moments where I think about him and I think about things I would want to do with him, but I don't know. But, like, Hulk and Wolverine are characters I think I would want to write. But Spider-Man is um, definitely my favorite. Like, if I actually sit back and look at, like, what I have still as a, as a collector and, like, have of comics, um, Spider-Man 1 is, like, continue to get. Like, I just picked up two hardcovers of him. Um, I got Spider-Island. 
and Spider-Verse, which I didn't have in my collection. I'd have the hardcovers from, so I picked those up. So okay. probably Spider-Verse. Good choice. Yeah, that, that's always the good answer. I think that's Hunter and uh, my favorite. Uh, I don't yeah. remember Captain America. I love both. For sure. Yeah, yeah. So uh, how did you get your break into the comic industry? I know you talked about uh, you know self-publishing and you know writing, but how did you like break into the comic industry and how did you you know make your break at DC? And you know now you're on the Flash title, who's one of the biggest heroes in DC. So uh, would you mind just telling us the story uh, of how you got there? Yeah, I mean, so with with breaking into comics, man, I just I just kept making comics. Like I would make these little mini comics, and I would go and pitch to people i pitched to publishers like image um smaller publishers like there was a publisher called desperado which is pretty much now aftershock um it's like run by the same people i would i would just go out and just like show them my books um and i have all these comics that i made between the years of like 99 until like 2000 2008 i would do anthologies i would just kind of put myself in a position to where i could show people like look i can do this i can make comics sometimes it worked sometimes it didn't um and so with DC, I did this book, um, I did this book called Necessary Evil that was a Desperado, and this is back in like 2007, 2008, I sent copies of it to Marvel and DC, and a friend of mine who worked at DC, he was really pushing it, and he liked it, and he kept telling the editors, like, either we're going to hire him or Marvel's going to hire him first, one or the other. And mm-hmm. at the end of 2008, Marvel hired me to write, like, Hulk backups and, like, Hulk shorts. Mm-hmm. And DC found out and then immediately hired me for a short at the beginning of 2009. They, I went, okay. it, was, it was awesome. It was the first time I ever went to the office. I sat down with the editors. We talked about all this stuff. It was really, it was great. And so they, I don't know, my story is like not as dynamic as some people's. I'm like, I made comic books and I showed them I could make comic books. And they, you know, <laughs> but I think there were ups and downs there because it's like, you know, 2009, 2012, I would do filler issues. Like I would do these things called inventory stories. Do you guys know what those are? No. Like you. So inventory story is if you're breaking into comics and the editors are kind of aware of you, what they'll do is they will hire you to write a one-off, like a one short story thing of a major character, so like Superman, Batman, Flash, Green Lantern, Wonder Woman, whatever. Um, they will hire you to write this to basically see how you are. This might get published. It might not. They, they want to know how you're going to be with things. And... Um, I had done some shorts. I had done some shorts here and there, like five pages, eight pages, ten pages. And this editor at DC pulled me aside at a convention, and he said, all right, we're going to have you do an inventory story. You could do either Superman or you could do Batman. But don't do Batman because everyone says Batman. Hmm. And I was like, all right, how about this? What if it's a Superman-Batman team-up issue? Because that, to me, is one of my favorite things of DC Comics is the team-ups, right? Yeah. And he was like, no one has ever said that. <laughs> no one has ever said that so yeah let's do that and so i got to do a couple of inventories on that one of them was actually published it was uh, a damien supergirl i was, I was about to say i think i read that i was looking back at my comics and i saw your name on it i was like whoa this is yeah. like a batman and superman issue from a while ago <laughs> yeah, I did inventories for that i would do fillers and stuff here and there but that was one that i did i think that's like 2010 um but I did that and then so i got a job doing another book with them um uh, called voodoo and I worked on that for a little bit, and then I did a couple weird little fillers. Like, I would do, like, a, like a, a pass on Deathstroke, like an issue of Deathstroke, uh, issue of Hawkman. Just, like, weird random things. And then I left for a while, because it didn't really work out. Like, it was, I wasn't clicking with them. I wasn't doing my best work. And I think at the time, I was still kind of young. And so 
I started doing books at Image, and I started doing all these different books there. Like, I did Nailbiter and Birthright and Ghosted, and I started doing stuff at Boom and Dark Horse and some Marvel stuff. And I didn't go back to DC for, like, three years, which was rough because I love DC. Like, I'm, like, obviously, like, a super DC nerd, and it's, like, my home. And I just didn't work with them for a while. So uh the spring of 2015 i'm at a convention and i'm friends with scott snyder and he comes up to me and he's just like hey man like why don't you come back to dc and i was like eh, i don't know like, i'm kind of, kind of happy doing the independent stuff and i don't know what i would want to do in my brain i knew what i wanted but it's that thing where you kind of like you, you kind of fight against yourself mm-hmm. and i was like well the characters i really want to work on are like the flash and he's like you should pitch for the flash why don't you pitch for the flash and i was like no 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 no, no. i'm not gonna do that i'm not gonna do that and but then the moment him and I stopped talking about it, I was obsessed with that idea. I was like, <laughs> I was like, I have to write the Flash. Like, he's a character I love. I want to write him. Um, they'll never say yes. They'll never say yes. But I'm going to do it. So, um, through Scott and through a couple editors I knew at DC, I was able to arrange a meeting with Dan. Dan loves this story, so I'll tell you the, the, the story. So, I was able to arrange a meeting with Dan at San Diego Comic Con 2015. And I thought the meeting was at 3.30. He thought the meeting was at 3. So I'm in the the middle of a panel, and it's 3.15. And someone texts me at DC. I was like, what are you doing? You're missing your meeting with Dan. I'm like, no, it's at 3.30. And like, he thinks it's at 3. And I was like, I left this panel. I left. I was literally sitting next to Scott. And I was just like, I got to go. I'll see you guys later. And like, (laughs) right And I ran through the entire convention center, San Diego Comic-Con, in July heat. And I finally meet up with Dan. We go into this like little like storage closet room they have near the booth. I go in there and he's like, all right, let's talk about you doing some stuff at DC. And he started talking to me about writing other characters, other books, other one shots and stuff. And I was like, no, I'm not doing any of that. I'm not going to write any of that. Um, let me tell you what I want to do. And he was like, wow, that's old. <laughs> uh, uh, this story is, it's, dude, it's really funny. I, I was, um, I was like, I want to write The Flash. And then I started pitching in my Flash idea. And I didn't realize it until later. But I was so worked up from running to meet him, I was yelling at him. Like, I wasn't... <laughs> oh, no. So just like, this is why. I was legit, like, yelling in his face. Like, pointing. I was, like, super aggressive. And I am super red-faced from running in the heat. And I'm crazy sweaty. So, like, my forehead is... <laughs> imagine... He's like standing there and just like yelling at you. And I yelled at him for like five minutes about how I was going to write the flash. And I pitched him my idea. And then he said, no, uh-huh. he was like, I have to do that. And this is why it was crazy. Is like, I was, I was not letting it go. Right. Like I was not gonna let him leave. I wasn't going to let him like, and it wasn't like I wanted yes. I wasn't gonna take no for an answer or anything like that. It was just like, I wanted him to hear me. What was crazy is Scott had actually followed me from the panel. And I didn't realize he was in the room with me mm-hmm. the whole time. I thought, <laughs> like what the fuck is happening right now sorry my language he was like what is happening <laughs> so i Dan, and then Dan was like no and this is why and he laid out what he didn't like about the pitch he laid all the stuff he didn't like and i'm like that's fair that's cool but i'm not gonna do anything else like this is it like i just want to write the flash that's it because i love that character and and i'm good you know like i have work i'm not here to like beg for something i just i, I love the flash this is what i want to write and so three months later, I finally had a meeting with him again in New York. And this time it was much calmer. I was on time. <laughs> uh, sat down with him, and I said, "This is what I want to. This is what I want to do." I said, "I took your advice. I took your notes. Here's my thoughts. This is what I want to do." And I broke down the pitch to him, which is ba- which is basically the first arc of of Flash Rebirth. And I laid it out for him what I wanted to do. 
And then he was like, I love it, done, let's do it. But at the time, I wasn't sure if that was real or not. He was like, give me a couple of months. Because this is beginning of October, and Rebirth was still taking shape then. And, like, it wasn't completely uh, uh, cooked yet. Like, we're yeah, still trying to figure it out. Yeah, it didn't start He was like, come May. back. So, yeah, yeah it's really early. So we were still talking about it. So then we come around to November. And I went to the office. I saw Dan. I saw the editor. We talked briefly. But I, I didn't. It was crazy is no one told me I had the job. They were acting like it was really it was really strange because I would go we started talking about things but it was very like just wait and just wait just be patient just be patient. No one told me I had the job. I found out later like I had had the whole time but no one bothered to tell me that. Mm-hmm. And then so I go to the offices. I say hi to everybody. I was there for like other reasons. I go home and I get a call from one of the editors and they're just like, "We're flying you in like the day before Thanksgiving. We're gonna fly you in. We're gonna sit down. You're gonna sit with Jeff and Dan and a bunch of other editors, and you're gonna pitch them what you pitched to Dan. And we're gonna break this, and, and we're gonna talk about it. And then they're gonna decide if you have a job or not. And I was like, okay, cool. You know, hang up, start sweating like crazy, super nervous. I <laughs> I fly in on Tuesday morning. I land, take a taxi to the office. I get in there. I go in this big writers' room, and I'm I'm just so nervous and I'm, I'm thinking like I have to pitch this flash idea to a room full of people like I've you know like do a presentation on this idea I had you know been practicing trying to figure it out and I thought I was gonna pitch like a room full of people and then Jeff walks in and it's just Jeff I've known Jeff since I was a kid and Jeff walks up to me and I'm like you know he's like how are you I'm good how are you doing we hadn't talked in a little bit and I was like, and then somebody, an editor, there was one editor in the room, and he was like, oh, you guys know each other? And I was like, yeah, I actually met Jeff, which is, is true. I met Jeff right after he started writing The Flash, like a studio oh, wow. comic. He just started writing it, and I went up to him because I loved his Flash. There was like no line, nobody there. He was just, you know, just another dude. And I walked up and started talking to him about how much I loved The Flash and how much I enjoyed him writing it. And he'd only written like three issues at that point. Um, like, it was just that first Wonderland arc. Like, that's all oh, he had yeah. done. It's a great arc, though. <laughs> that first issue is awesome where he has captain cold like punch that dude in the face and yeah. shatters his jaws so i came up to him and i was just like all this stuff and he drew me a little hawk man and it was cool so i'm talking to jeff um and i'm like yeah i met you when i first started writing the flash and then jeff goes yeah we met when i first got the job writing the flash and now you're writing the flash and that was the first time someone told me i had the job so then oh, wow. i was like a pitch and he's like no this is done we're gonna sit down and get to work and so him and I sat there and spent a day together just working out the eight issues and the story and talking about stuff going back and forth. That's where, like, Godspeed came from. Um, yeah. Some of those con- – so a lot of – because originally Godspeed was going to be something else. Because um, oh. it's the thing. I didn't know – and this might get to some of your Flash questions. In that initial meeting, I didn't know how Rebirth was working yet. And so I was just interested – and how do I bring back every character that had been missing? So I was like, Max Mercury, you know, Johnny yes. Thunder, Bart. I was, how do I bring all these characters back? And I remember pitching this idea for Max Mercury, and Jeff was like, no, Max Mercury is this. And I'm like, yeah, that's who he is. That's who he was before Flashpoint. And he was like, yeah. And I was kind of like, wait, what's going on? And then we started talking about what was the plan. Because I did not know when I got the job about Wally coming back. I did not know about any of those things that were happening. But uh-huh. quickly i quickly figured it out and was brought into the fold and, and, and explained what was going to be happening um and a lot of the big rebirth mysteries that are still going on i was able to be brought into that but uh yeah i mean that's basically how i got the job on the flash and then i spent all thanksgiving weekend writing flash number one uh because i wrote rebirth after flash number one the, the flash rebirth special i wrote it after mm-hmm. uh 
But I wrote, yeah, that weekend. And pretty much what I wrote that weekend is almost exactly what came out. There's like a couple little differences in the middle. Uh, but realistically, like from page one to page 20, it's the same that I wrote oh, that wow. weekend. You really liked it then. That's awesome. Yeah, I mean, that's what I had worked at DC in three years, and uh, they were all very happy with the stuff I was doing, and that's when they offered me the exclusive, and I've been exclusive since. And uh, yeah, it's been it's been good. You know, I got the job on Justice League Suicide Squad after issue one came out, like right when it had come out. But mm-hmm. yeah, it's been great ever since. Awesome. Yeah, and uh, I figured this would be a great segue to uh, go on to our Flash questions now. <clears throat> flash questions now. Nice voice crack on the podcast. But uh, <laughs> um, So my first question is about uh, Barry Allen. We all know him. We all love him. Um, so in Rebirth 2009 by Jeff Johns, um, we get revealed that Barry Allen was the creator of the Speed Force and that he generated it with each step. Which, um, I mean, personally, I was never the biggest fan of that concept, but uh, it was something that was in. Uh, but... Between the New 52 and Rebirth, it hasn't been uh, mentioned to or alluded to as much. So I'm just wondering, are those two still in effect? Is he still the creator, and does he still generate it with each, with each step? I think he still generates it, but it's it's hard to say he's the creator. I mean, that's a big part of what we're going to be playing around with for the next couple of years in the book. Um, I, I worry about getting to spoilers. How about this? I'll have an answer to your question. Like, let me look at my calendar real quick. Like, December of next year. <laughs> oh, okay. <laughs> so, so um, that kind of leads me to... We're going to be exploring a lot of... We're doing this storyline called Force Quest in November, and we have mm-hmm. a lot of big stories involving Barry and the Flash mythology and, like, the actual, like, secret history of the Speed Force, all of these things. Um, you have to think about this. The person who told him that was Eobard Khan. And, like, do you trust that dude? Uh, that's a good point so so uh to answer your question i would say you know i might be wrong on this looking at the math but i think by the end of next year i'll have an answer to your question so so basically what we're confirming here is uh next december josh is going to be back on the podcast you heard it here first guys (laughs) yeah yeah, that's fine (laughs) Uh, all right so um let's get yeah, um, so another question would be, since, so Bart came back at the end of Flash War, uh, we kind of saw him in the last panel, and then we haven't seen him since, when do you think we'll be able to see him again? Could, could... Uh, very, very soon. Okay. Ooh. You know, guys, so I, I will say this, he's gonna be, it, it's tough, I don't want to spoil too much stuff, he'll be in the Flash again fairly soon. Um, and then he won't be in the book for a little bit. He's going to be in something else. And oh. uh, if you're a fan of that character, I think you'll be happy. That's the most I can tell you. I am. Like, awesome. I'm happy. <laughs> I, I, have been, I have been a huge fan of, of Bart my whole life. You know, when I was a kid reading Wally, um, when I was younger, when Bart was introduced, he essentially was the same age as me. And it gave me this kind of window into that, into that, the, the, this, this world, right? Like having a character right, and I was yeah, also yeah. very hyper, I was a very hyper kid. And so I really connected with him. And so I've missed him. And so it became this thing of like, when can I bring him back? Um, has been one of my goals. Um, and then the, finally the stars just aligned right. Finally. And I was able to bring him back in 50, which I was also happy. I was able to keep a secret. I was super uh, crazy about that. Like somebody had a printout of that last page up on their desk in the offices, mm-hmm. like a month before it came out. And I was like, you put that away. You like, that, yeah. <laughs> no one knew we, we managed to keep a secret all the way until it came out. So um, if you're a Bart fan, 
like I am, uh, I promise you, you will be happy soon. Awesome. Uh, that's that's awesome. Uh, so the October solicitations came out uh, recently, and they revealed that, uh, quote, Flash and Iris West make a big decision about their next move, end quote. Uh, many fans are speculating a possible wedding or something like that, and uh, in the past few issues, you've had Iris have visions of her uh, pre-52 self, so uh, obviously you can't tell us what's happening, but is there anything you could say slash tease about that? Well, <laughs> uh, I talked about this in... in a little bit before um iris talks a lot about the issues with her memories and the idea that she remembers things pre-flashpoint in issue 57 and then we explore it a little bit past that um it's a bit of a spoiler but i don't mind because i feel like it's out there it's kind of obvious but barry leaves central city um okay. for the quest yeah yeah for the quest and iris goes with him Um, which is like one of the most like fun things I've been able to write is the two of them on this kind of like Indiana Jones um, sort of adventure around the world exploring and trying to find out the truth about the speed force and the different forces that's pretty much what the decision is is centered around that when it comes to a wedding I'm going to say it's not anytime soon when it comes to a wedding but there's a lot of stuff that we're going to have to like unpack when it comes to that because of what she remembers and what she doesn't remember I think that some people think that she remembers everything but it's like it's bits and pieces, right? Like she remembers yeah. some things based on what's happening around her. So it's like she remembers like a little bit here and there, but she's not going to remember Bart until she sees him. You know, like she's not going to remember everything. It's like kind of yeah. like how when she went to the future, she remembered the kids because she saw the costumes. She didn't immediately remember them. Um, her, just like Barry, are aware that people are missing, but they don't remember everything. And I think that's part of it is that the reason she hasn't completely told Barry everything, she's not really sure. And she's not really sure of everything. And she also recognizes you can't get all of it back. And she can't always live in the past. You need to keep moving forward. But she's also questioning her memories a lot. So it's like, how do you go and tell someone, like, I kind of remember this stuff? Uh, So it's something that she's been struggling with that's going to be, again, part of the book past October, November. Like, once we get into Force Quest and some of the plans we have for next year. Interesting. And I think... um you write one of the best Iris West because um, in the past, you know, in some arcs, she's been a uh, bland character, but I feel like in Rebirth, she's been handled very well uh, in issue number 45 specifically where, uh, you know, uh, Christian Deuce drawn, which really helps that, but uh, where she's like, tell me about the Flash and like oh, that whole entire scene is just amazing. So uh, I really yeah, like yeah. the way you write Iris West. I'm assuming you guys are familiar with like the life story of the Flash and all that stuff, right? The book yep. that yep. they made. All right. So, that book is written by Iris, right? Quote unquote, right? Iris. And yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, to me, anyone who, and I talked to the editors about this when we, we did an editor change up uh, about a year and a half ago where I got a new editor on The Flash um, right before we started uh, Perfect Storm, uh, the Gorilla Grodd stuff. And I told them, I was like, you have to read that book because if you want to understand Iris, if you want to know who she is, that book's in her voice. It's it's her, right? Yeah. And so every time I have to write Iris, I think about that book. I go back and I flip through it and I read it because it's so insightful as to who she is and her perspective on all the characters and her perspective on Barry, her perspective on Wally. And so I just go and I read that book and it helps me sort of click in her voice and how she is. Um, yeah. Interesting. All right. Uh, um, so oh, you, you can take the next question on there. Oh, okay. So, uh, when coming up with like the strength force and sage force, 
was that all your idea or did scott snyder kind of help out with that since uh the still force has been a huge part of his justice league run recently you know i don't know who came up with it exactly it was all part of these conversations we were having last year we had had a meeting and it's funny because like scott and i and james and i james and i talk every day um scott and i talk about like every other day um we'll go out to his house sometimes to sit down with him and just like talk story and talk about these things. And we started to talk about all these different things we could do this year. It's crazy to say this now, cause I'm going to his house next week <laughs> to talk about <laughs> next year, talk about next year. So it's like a year ago this time we were talking about this year and this year is almost done. Um, but we sat down, we were just like talking about all these different ideas. And then we went to the offices in November to talk about no justice. And, we were at a bar and we just started talking about all these different ideas. We had all this crazy stuff and the forces came from that conversation. Um, and I was like, Oh, I'm going to do this and this and this. And I was like, I'm trying to figure out what the evil version of it was. Cause I've been playing around with the negative speed force, but I didn't want it to be that. I, didn't, I felt like that was something very different that mm-hmm. I wanted it to be something else. And I had just kind of like done a negative speed force story and kind of put a little bow on that. And I felt like I was putting it away for a moment Mm-hmm. And I was like, I want to think different. And then Scott started talking about the still force. And so it was that it was us plus editorial, just kind of bouncing ideas around and then um, just building documents out and playing with it. And it, what's weird is I've actually learned more about the forces by writing the forces. Like in the beginning, it was sort of tough to kind of nail down exactly what they were. But as I've been writing them, I figured out it's interesting. Like I, I put myself in Barry's shoes and it's like, I've learned more about the new forces by writing about them and experiencing them and seeing them as Barry seeing them sort of um, that I keep on figuring out new stuff with it and, and applying the rules of the speed force to these new forces and seeing how to, to play around with it. But yeah, it was a mix of things. I mean, Scott's definitely him and James were more centered on the still force where I was centered on everything else, but yeah. Yeah. And okay. uh, about the strength and sage force. Um, I, I think at, at first I will admit I wasn't the uh, I wasn't the biggest fan of them, but as I'm reading this arc, I'm enjoying them a little more. And um, you know, people have talked about like, oh, this could be like a Lantern Spectrum type thing, like what Jeff Johns did for Green Lantern. So um, my question is: Is Strength Force and Sage Force like? Is it this big like ties into the entire Flash lore, or can it tie into the Flash lore? Because um, in the most recent issue, number I believe fifty four, when uh, Barry was able to like shrink himself down uh, from mm. being like you know big strong to regular Barry, it kind of reminded mm. me of Jai West, uh, Wally's son, you know, being. Hey, a- look at you! You're the first person to ever say that to me. That is exactly <laughs> right. That is oh, exactly hey. right. Yeah, okay. you're the first person to ever say that to me. That is that is 100 percent correct. Yeah, well, that is that is exactly a- <laughs> what that is. Yeah. Okay. Good on awesome. you, man. That's like how the stage force is connected to Grodd. Well, that's like, what I. That's exactly. You could ask Hunter. We've actually discussed this on other episodes. I yeah. said the stage force is going to be connected to Grodd, and the strength force is Jai West because it makes sense. Yeah, good job. First people to ever say that to me. Wow. That's exactly. <laughs> like, outside of <laughs> outside of our little circle of creators, you're the first person to ever actually say that out loud to me. Good job. Wow, uh, that's uh, quite the honor. Um, but yeah, so I actually kind of like the idea now more of the Strength and Sage Force. Um, are there any other forces that are possibly out there, or is it just the Oh, maybe. Maybe. All right. Yeah, okay. I like the idea that it could be a Lantern Spectrum type thing, because, you know, that was huge for Green Lantern, so I think this has potential to be huge for Flash. Oh, yeah, I remember I, when I had to pitch this to the room, like, all my editors already knew about it, and, like, like executives knew about it, but I had to pitch it to a room, and Jeff was in that room. <laughs> and uh, 
<laughs> afterwards, somebody was like, oh, this is, like, out loud, another writer. I don't know who it was. It was Brian Hill. Brian Hill, like, out loud was like, oh, this is like when Jeff did the Spectrum with the Green Lanterns. And I was like, yep. <laughs> oh, <laughs> that's, that's awesome. exactly right. And he was like, well, yeah, you learned from the master. And I was like, that's right, you know? So, uh, yeah, there's a lot of plans for them. And, and, and at the same time, though, like, and I, I try to keep my myself on track with this is that the book still needs to be about Barry and sort of his experiences. And I worry sometimes about getting too lost in the forces. And that's mm-hmm. one of my goals for next year. That's why I say, like, let's have this conversation again, uh, you know, a little over a year from now, and you'll see how it changes. But, yeah. All right. Interesting. Um, so something that uh, I've noticed from issue number one to issue number 50 is you've definitely evolved as a writer. You know, you're not the same writer you are from number one to number 50. Uh, is Looking back at your first 50 issues, is there do you have any regrets or is there anything you would do differently now or would you keep it all the same? Uh, it's interesting. I don't know. I mean, it, it, it's it's interesting because I think about this a lot when it comes to Mark and when it comes to Jeff as well and like how they were different writers at the beginning and ending and and. Um, I'm not sure if I would have, like, sometimes I wish I had explored the other speedsters sometimes in the first arc, but then it's like, eh, I don't know. It's the same problem where it's like, I want to make sure these things center around Barry. Mm -hmm. Um, sometimes I wish I had a little more room. There's been a couple times where I think an arc got too compressed like there's been times like my favorite arcs are the ones where i always had room you know like when i was doing running scared i had a little bit more room because originally i was gonna be three issues and i managed to convince them to let me have a two issue prelude with hal and which was one of my favorite parts i I love hal and barry's relationship me too me too and i got to that was gonna be dude that was gonna be one issue and i was like no i want to i want to see them talking and like hanging out at buddies you know and so um I think there are times throughout that I wish I had a little bit more Yeah, I love that scene. So it's like, sometimes like with the shade, like the shade arc, because that arc, it's only three issues, and I kind of forget about it sometimes. Like it was such a, it was a weird moment because we were, we had so much time to develop the first eight, first nine issues. And what we were originally going to do was we were going to go right into a rogue storyline, like immediately. And I was kind of apprehensive about that because the rogues, had just been in the book, you know, and we yeah, people yeah. use the rogue so often. Like they were at the end of the New Fifty Two stuff, and so I was like, oh, I can I push it back? And suddenly it was like, all right, you have to come up with a three issue arc right now. Um, and I was like, well, can I have the shade? Because I love the shade from Starman. And they're like, yeah. And so I wish I had a little more time on that. I wish it was like an issue or two longer. I wish that I kind of with that one. Um, but like Running Scared's one that got a lot of room. I was able to do a lot of room with. Um, I was able to have the room I needed with Grilligrod with that whole arc. Perfect storm, Um, yeah. Yeah, I had the room on that one to really kind of tell a little bit more of an emotional story. And then same thing with with Flash War, where it's like, I'm really thankful that I'm able to have... Flash War, to me, um, is probably the arc I'm the most proud of. Uh, No offense to anyone else that worked in the other arcs, and like Carmine, because Carmine was great. But with that one, I was able to have Scott Collins at the beginning do the first prelude, which was like a callback... To Flash 197, right? Of like, this origin. Yeah. I was able to do. I actually want that signed by Jeff here in my office, too. Uh, that issue, 197. Oh, I, I envy you. I need that issue. <laughs> so I was. Oh, really? Yeah. Uh, so that one, I was able to um, do a callback to sort of that and get to have Scott Collins draw it, which was just like, you know, like the greatest thing ever. And, and being yeah. able to have it, it's like, 
you know, 46 is Scott Collins and 51 is Scott Collins, which is sort of this bookend of Flash War. And having four issues in the middle with Howard, who is also a Flash artist, who I love. Who did Rogue War, um, which makes sense. Did Rogue War, yeah, yeah. So being able to kind of, like, tie all these pieces together and have the room to do it. Like, the fact that 49 is just them racing for yeah. 20 years almost, right? Like, the fact that I was able to do that, that 48, for the most part, is two scenes. Like, 48 is hunter and wally in the museum and then cold um and barry and iris over at the time the, not the time institute but the temporal courts mm-hmm. uh, and then we had that little bit of the ending where the two of them argue in the desert which is supposed to be the same desert that they met in um in rebirth and the fact that i was able to sort of uh, stretch these emotional moments out um those are always the arcs that i'm happier with is when i'm able to find the room to kind of let these beats sort of play out a little bit more organically. Like, it's interesting with, with the Gorilla Grodd stuff. 45, 45 and 44 were one issue at one point. And really? No, they work so much better as two issues. Exactly. Yeah. And that was the whole thing, was that I was able to take it and break it up into two issues. Like, we knew ahead of time, because I write so far in advance. Like, I'm writing the issues that come out in January and February now. So it's wow. like, I write so far out. Like, I actually have to write um, I have to write issue 70, which doesn't come out until May. I have to write that now. So it's like, we, we work so far out. Um, and like a week and a half, you'll, you'll know some of the plans we have for next year, because we're going to talk about some of it in New York Comic Con. But Interesting. Yeah, the, the fact that I was able to sort of um, take 45 and make it its own issue, like, and, and really, because I wanted to, because it was crazy, because like, looking at the original 44 and looking at it, and I mean the script of it, and being like, man, I just like shoved all this stuff in there, and it sucked. And then them being like, no, no, let's just give it its own issue. Like, take all those epilogues, shut them out, let them have the emotional beats. Because, and I agree, because I was super bummed out. Because I'm like, the first time that Iris finds out about Wally, like that should have the room to breathe. And, oh, uh, oh, definitely. And you had the letter in number forty-four, which really needed its own issue because it. I like how the letter, you know, was throughout the entire issue, and it was so emotional. Yeah, so I, that those are always the times I'm able to do it. Like whenever I'm able to give be given the room, um, then those are the ones I always like. Like I can go back and there's times where I'm like, oh, I wish this one was a little longer. I wish this one was a little like you know. Sometimes like just one extra issue would um, would 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 benefit. But I'm I'm glad where we're at now, and it's like it all worked out because we got to have the end of Flash War be issue fifty. So it all kind of it all sort of came together. Because that was the other thing, that if I had had extra issues, then Flash War would have got pushed back, and then 50 gets to be a 28-page issue, because it's issue 50 instead of a normal 22, and that's how I was able to have, you know, like, the Bart ending, you know, I was able to give him his own splash page, so oh, yeah, it was, that was big, awesome. So it's like, being able to have those extra pages really meant a lot. Okay. Yeah, yeah, I find it interesting that you referenced uh, Running Scared, Perfect Storm, and uh, Flash War, because uh, as Hunter and I have discussed in the past, those are our three favorite arcs of Flash Rebirth. I think they're the oh, yeah, uh, for best sure. written. Long so, shot. Yeah. yeah, they're favorites too. You know, it, it's it's interesting when I'm working on a character like the Flash and how I don't know. Like, I, I you guys probably feel the same way. Like you guys are like Flash historians. Like you know this character, mm. you know his history and stuff. And when you go back and you look at these runs that Mark and Jeff had, like I'm very critical of those in the way that I look back and look at them a lot. And mm-hmm. I think of them a lot. And it's just interesting to see sort of how those arcs broke up and sort of the arcs that are forgotten, the arcs that work, the ones that didn't, and sort of the ups and downs that the characters went through when Mark and Jeff had them. Like, it, it's an interesting perspective to look back at that stuff now that they're done. You know, like, I'm still in the middle of it, 
I'm still in the middle of living that. Like, I would talk to Mark about this and get advice from him on writing these characters and sort of the perspective on them. And it's it's a completely different experience when you're in the middle of it, and then you can take a step back and look at it from a distance. It's very, it's very interesting. Yeah, and it was interesting that Flash War tied together Blitz and Dastardly Death of the Rogues because, you know, it's different uh, titles for the Flash. And uh, making Hunter the judge from, uh, you know, the Temporal Courts, that's very interesting because, you know, he was never technically given a name in uh, Dastardly yeah. Death of the Rogues. So Yeah, that blew my yeah. mind. <laughs> If you read that, go back and read that, dude. It's really weird. Commander Cold, um, Commander Cold says things that Hunter used to say. Like yeah. Commander Cold, this whole thing is like you should go back. Like the fact you have the power to go back and you don't, you should question that. And that was Hunter. And yeah, that's exactly. Really that. You know, it's because it, really, if you go back and look at that, like Commander Cold telling Barry that stuff at the end of that arc. It's weird because Flashpoint doesn't happen for like six months after that. Yeah. Uh, um, but that's really the beginning of him like poking the bear and being like, you need to go back in time and save your mom. Um, is that is that arc? Oh, yeah, for sure. Yeah. With with yeah. Um, Wally, since he just rid him in Flash War, he had a huge yeah. arc and his arc's not over yet since he still hasn't found his missing kids. Uh, there's still his wife that he needs to get back and all that. Are you against or are you for a Wally West Flash title? Oh, I think a Wally could totally have a title at some point. I feel like, I don't know, it, it's it's weird. Because, like, right now, for me, it's strange. Because, like, because Flash is a double ship, it's almost like there is, in terms of, like, two Flash books coming out, it Come feels on, yeah. like already is, right? And the problem is, is they worry that having another would be overkill. And then it becomes a matter of what is the story and how do we go forward with that? And then is that what people are actually interested in? It's tough sometimes. I'm not against it at all. It just comes down to what's the story and who has the pitch and who wants to write it and what the actual story is. It's weird because Wally is such an interesting character to me because if you go back and you read Flash 225, which is the end of Jeff's run, in yeah. a lot of ways, in a lot of ways, that character—that's like the end of his story in some ways. Like he's super happy. He has the family, the kids. He beat the bad guy, and I think that's why that character kind of struggled. Not to say they weren't good stories after that, but if you read Flash Twenty Five to Flash Rebirth, it's weird. Like the character growth there was kind of stunted almost, right? Like you have this character who historically Wally has always been a character who grew. He's always yeah. evolved. He's always had kind of ups and downs, you know, to go from Kid Flash to being the Flash and, and then to be like this expert level master uh, Flash by the time he gets to 25. It's almost like he then got kind of frozen in time in a lot of ways and trying to find ways of continuing to evolve him and tell bigger stories with him. It's been, I think, challenging for some people. So I'm not against it at all. It's just a matter of finding the right story and how we would do it. But I was really I, happy. Go ahead. Uh, sorry, I was just going to say, I definitely uh, agree that after 225, you feel a ch uh, change in the character. And I believe it was uh, his run ended at 229, and then we started uh, Flash the Fast Man Alive, where Bart took over. And, I mean, in my opinion, Bart should still be the Flash today because the Flash is a legacy, you know. But uh, he only lasted for 13 issues, of course. And Wally coming back, you know, 231 to 247 just weren't the same Flash. So I, I definitely get your point there. But yeah, I think there is a story to tell. Oh, yeah, for sure. For sure. It's just a matter of, like, getting around to it. This is the thing. So when you read, um, when you read uh, Flash 51, Iris has this thing at the ending where she's just like, 
Wally's story is far from over. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's still how I feel about that character, where it's sort of like, I don't know, it, it's weird to tell people to be patient sometimes when it's a character they love. Because I was the same way, man. Like, I tried to get Wally in the book for a long time, and I couldn't, I couldn't get him in. Like, he, you know, he's only in the book for, like, Rebirth yeah, issue, issue, issue number 13, I think. Yeah, and he's not in it again. So it's nine. It's nine. Oh, nine. Okay, yeah. He was supposed to be in Running Scared, and it didn't work out. Like, the timing Ooh. was off. Ooh. And then he was supposed to be... So he was supposed to be Running Scared, and the timing was off. And then when I pitched Flash War, they were like, okay, that works. You could have him in the book, but you need a seed. You need to have him in the book earlier, so it's not sudden. And I was like, can I have him for the running... For I'm sorry, for the Girl Grodd storyline for Perfect Storm? And they said, Storm. yes. I finally got him to be in the book. But the way I got that was to pitch a story that was different, interesting, that wasn't just I want. Like, I had a friend one time, I'll explain this. When, you, when, you're, when you're trying to pitch stories of DC, it can't just be, like, I want. Like, here's an example. Like, you know, if I'm, I'm pitching, I'll, I'll tell my example and somebody else's without naming names. But it's like, I remember one time talking to them about the Rogue storyline. And they were like, what do you want to do with the Rogues? What's your story? And I was like, oh, well, I want to... Um, make them villains again because i feel like they've been kind of anti-hero-y and they were like that's not a story that's an idea what's mm-hmm. the story how do you get them there uh, i had a friend one time who really wanted to write lobo and he could he didn't get the job and um i asked him what was your pitch and he was like here's my pitch for lobo he's a badass bounty hunter in space and i was like <laughs> that's describe lobo to me yeah, yeah like you describe lobo so what's the story and he was like i just pitched it to you and i'm like no dude no 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 what is the story? Like, don't tell me who the character is. I know who the character is. What is the story? And I think that's not to say this is why with Wally in particular, because I think there are obviously at this point, you guys know there's big plans for Wally and there's stuff coming with him, but I think his story is far from over. So just be patient. I know it sucks to say that sometimes because we're living in it. We're in the middle of it, yeah. but it's like, you know, it's weird sometimes, man. Like Howard and I were talking about this when Howard was drawing the flash you know what the number one question he got was when he was drawing the Flash? What? No. Where's Barry? Why isn't Barry here? When is Barry going to be back? Seriously. Sure. Like, that was the number one thing he was asked. So it's like, that's the thing about working on the Flash. It's like, you know, when you're writing one character, people are always asking about the other one. <laughs> yeah, uh, sure. So, you know, we're, we're living in it. We're in the middle of it. It sucks to sometimes say be patient because I know he hasn't really been the star of a book in, man, you know, six years. More, really, right? Yeah, more. Uh, almost yeah. 10 almost 10 so just kind of like be patient with him and, and just know that there are people who love him as a character and and uh yeah just keep reading i know it's not to say that sometimes but that's the answer yeah because like yeah he did disappear for a while with new 52 but he came back and yeah i guess we're just being kind of greedy wanting more and more and more of him and we want more of this all the speedsters in general we got bark back but that's good and in Flash War, there's that one scene where Wally beats Hunter by kind of having that aura of the speed force of different speedsters awesome. coming out of like yeah, Jay and Max. See, see Max and, and, yeah. There. Uh, yeah. Are we going to see any of them again? Like the real of them? Uh, just keep reading. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know to give you guys that answer sometimes, but it's like that's yeah, the that's reality. Fair. That's I, fair. This is, I my tried. Answer. I this. this is my answer since I got the job. Right. That, Ever since I started writing The Flash, I've told everybody this is that. I don't want to have any real regrets on this book. Like, I don't want to ever say I didn't try or I didn't write this character. I want to make sure that by the time I'm done writing The Flash, that I have touched on every little bit of Flash mythology I can. So that's, that is my answer. <laughs> okay, that's, that's interesting. Answer. I mean, that's I think two Flash titles could work in the sense where 
Uh, one is like a Flash family book, uh, you know, Wally exploring and trying to get the family back, him and Bart. And then I've always thought that Barry, like you said, the Barry book has to be focused on Barry because it, historically he's never really been like, oh, the big family around him. You even see it in the uh, 2010 series, you know, he's kind of ignoring Bart. So um, I think yeah, Barry's yeah. kind of more independent. Yeah, and that's that was the thing that we had these conversations early on. It, it, it's funny, like when I talk to people about about Barry and the Flash family, and all this stuff, and it's like, yeah, Barry was never the Flash family guy. That's Wally. Yeah, and that right. was one of my biggest goals was to I would I didn't want I, I always felt like it was unfair um, that you know Barry would quote unquote steal from Wally, and I didn't want to do that. And Hunter was a big part of that. Not you, Hunter, but Solomon. Um, <laughs> yeah, yeah. I don't know. <laughs> he was a big part of that and i because i love hunter zombie like he's one of my favorite villains mm-hmm. and i didn't want to write him unless it was with wally like i never wanted to borrow from wally's mythology i wanted to continue to build on barry's and try and do something just really different with barry um you know and barry it's it's weird with barry like you know you go back and look at return of barry allen and a lot of the ways barry was written in the 90s he was written in a, in a weird way because he was always being written through Wally's point of view. Which and was, he was the always point he, of view. Yeah, but there's the thing with that. He was written from Wally's point of view, and Wally was idolizing him. Like, he put him on this pedestal, and, and they deal with this in Return of Barry Allen, where it's like, he put him on this pedestal, and, you know, he was the golden idol. He was the one who sacrificed his life to save the multiverse, and he was, you never speak ill of the dead, right? And so he put him up on this giant pedestal, What's funny is after Return of Barry Allen, Wally kind of got over that, sort of, like, really leading up to 100. Like, he doesn't really get over it, I think, until 100. Mm-hmm. Um, and even then, he doesn't. Like, that's still kind of a developing part of the story. But 100, I feel like, when he finally kind of really breaks free of it um, and kind of gets over his his worries of, of disappointing Barry or... or I, I, view that more in, I view that more in Chain Lightning uh, when he meets up with Barry in the future. <clears throat> and... Uh, Barry tells the story of when he uh, first met Jay Garrick and Jay Garrick, you know, he's nervous to talk to Jay and Jay was just like relieved that somebody else was taking over the mantle. So I think that yeah. number 150 is where or whatever the issue is, is where he kind of gets over it, in my opinion. So it's that idea of that, right? He was always kind of feeling this way. And what ended up happening was, and I noticed this going back, is that like Wade continued to write Barry that way. He wrote a perfect Barry Allen, yeah. Yeah, he wrote Perfect Barry Allen, and Barry Allen wasn't perfect. I mean, man, you go back and you read those old stories. Barry would make all kinds of mistakes. He had all kinds of problems and issues, and definitely Jeff came in and added even more to that. Um, mm-hmm. Like, Barry was such a weird character. He was... She, uh, it's interesting, like, our point of view of him is almost retrofitted in some ways. Um, I don't know. It's interesting writing these characters. Uh, like I said, like, being in the middle of it, like, my perspective might change once I finish and I'm outside it. It's just always interesting to kind of when you're in the middle of writing these characters and looking back at sort of their history, it's very, oh, it's weird sometimes. Yeah. All right. So, um, let's talk Wallace West. Um, first of all, I just, I like that you have been calling him Wallace, uh, because I think it was a better way to differentiate than just calling him Wally and Wally too. Yeah. It was kind of so, confusing uh, at times. Oh uh, yeah. I won't, I won't take credit for that. That's actually Adam Glass that came up with that idea. Okay. But he knew Adam Glass was writing Teen Titans so early that it came up in a conversation. And I was like, you know what? I'm gonna start doing that. So I actually started doing it way early. I, I yeah. started doing it the moment I heard it. But that was also because once I had Wally in the book, I was like, I have to figure this out. Dude, the first time I had to write both of them at the same time was Flash Number Nine. At yeah. the beginning, I had to have like a, a how do I put this? I had to have a breakdown of making yeah, sure I saw the art was like uh, Wally will be referred to as the Flash, and Wally uh, Wallace will be referred yeah. to as Wally. 
yeah, I had to like break it down and be like, he's Kid Flash here, blah blah blah. It was this whole thing. So yeah, yeah I was glad to start calling him Wallace. Yeah, so um, you've shown a few, uh, like he had the vision, the dream with Daniel West, and there's been a few Daniel West references, and even in Flash War when uh, the future Golden Glider from the Renegades uh, made the construct of Daniel West, and he goes, Dad? So I think you've been building to a possible story with Wallace. Is that something that you want to tell eventually with Daniel's return? Oh, that's tough to to get into. (laughs) I don't want to spoil um, anything, but just no, um, I, mean, I have I have a really big story that isn't going to be for a while that involves all of that stuff. Okay, um, okay. I'm not sure when we're going to do it. It's really weird because I have plans going out for a while. So my answer to you is yes. It's just a matter of when. Okay. Yeah, and Wallace um, is kind of a big part of Teen Titans right now. He's not. He hasn't been in the Flashbook for a couple of issues. So that's what ends up happening. But I can't. I don't own these characters, and I can't stay claim on them all the time. So it's like mm-hmm. with Wallace, same with Wally. You know, it's like I was I was glad that I got to have Wally for as long as I did, and got to tell some fun big stories with him. It's the same thing with Wallace, where it's like he kind of he's in the Teen Titans comic, and they have plans for him, and I get to talk to Adam Glass a lot about things. Like I told him, like, oh, you know, Wallace finds out during Flash War that he didn't exist before the Flashpoint. So mm-hmm. I tell Adam Glass that, and he gets to go play with it after that. Um, but then it's 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 then it becomes a matter of coordinating and messing, making sure I don't mess up something that he has planned, and making sure he hasn't messed up something I have planned. But we'll also be back in the book. Like we have a story soon that you'll see that he'll be back in the book for like a, a pretty fun issue. Okay, okay. and uh, now just because uh, I mean I'm sure we could talk for hours about Flash, all Flash fans can. But uh, just because we're we've been talking for over an hour now, and I want to be respectful of Josh's time, uh, I'm just going to do one last question if that's all right. Yeah. yeah, for sure. Fire away. All right, so um, let's talk Godspeed. Uh, Godspeed started out as a villain. Uh, in The Perfect Storm, he was written as more of an anti-hero, an outlaw, if you will. Uh, it made people think, like, oh, he could be the Red Hood of the Flash family, which I think could be interesting. And I think he's more interesting as an anti-hero than a villain. Uh, but obviously, at, at the end of The Perfect Storm, he disappears. Uh, now, we know he's not dead because he talked to somebody with blue writing, which uh, have started a lot of fan discussions on who that could possibly be um can we talk about the future of godspeed a little bit yeah of course uh godspeed's interesting because i feel like him it's interesting like you were saying that the whole idea of him being an anti-hero um the origin of his character originally he was two different characters um he was gonna be there was gonna be a cop character and there was gonna be a villain character Mm -hmm. and we started talking about them being the same character and um i had had this meeting with jeff we were talking about him and we were talking about Barry and we were talking about Barry wanting to go after Godspeed because of what was happening with the species and what happened with, with Mina and Jeff and I were just talking with this big whiteboard and he was like, what would Barry want right here? And I was like, Oh, he want revenge. And he was like, no, 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 Barry would want justice. He would never want revenge. And it clicked in my head. I'm like, no, but Godspeed would, he'd want revenge. And that's really where the character started taking shape of him thinking like, well, if we kill the villains, our lives will be easier. But that puts him automatically opposed to Barry. Like, they both have similar goals of being heroes, but his understanding of being a hero is so different and and broken compared to Barry's. Mm -hmm. Um, What I've written in my plan for them is they're both on sort of uh, parallel journeys in a way. And and I think by the time I get to the the ending, you'll see kind of this... this, um, not back and forth they're going to have, but it's like they're on dueling roller coaster rides that sometimes run into each other, 
uh, and so yeah, like there's plans for him. Um, he'll be he'll be a bigger part of next year, like a second half of next year. You're gonna see him pretty soon. Like the answer, we'll start getting more into who that voice was and all that kind of stuff at the beginning of the year. Okay, uh, I, I, was, I was just wondering with the blue writing. I mean, that's got to be somebody specific. People have talked about uh, Doctor Manhattan. It's not Doctor Manhattan. It's different type too. Like, okay. Different, well, that's it's what so I said. Funny. It was different font than Doctor Manhattan's talk from font. Watchmen. Yeah, yeah. Somebody else came up to me about that really early on, and I was like, "Oh man!" But I thought it was different enough they wouldn't think it was Manhattan. But it's not Manhattan. Um, I was I was personally thinking Savitar, but just because I figured Speed Force it could be him, but who knows who it could be? It's anybody's guess, to be honest. Um, I mean, you'll, you'll start piecing it together pretty quickly. I mean, it's not going to be. I say quickly, but what's weird to me in my brain sometimes is like we're talking about the Flash book. You guys haven't read Fifty Five yet? That comes out this week. Yeah, I'm I'm writing so far out that to me in my mind, it, it's weird. It's like I live. It's kind of like I live six months in the future from you. Yeah, in terms of the Flash. <laughs> Does that make sense? I have to be careful sometimes because sometimes I'll be talking to somebody and I'll start talking about something that has happened in the book that hasn't come out yet. Mm-hmm. So I have to be careful on, on walking that line. But with Godspeed, you'll, you know, those pieces will come into play. And, and I have a lot of fun stuff with him. I have to write him this week. This week I have to write him a lot. So yeah, mm-hmm. he'll he'll definitely be in the book. Okay. All right. Well, uh, Josh, we just want to thank you so much for this interview and for your time. Uh, this is the first time we've ever had a comic writer on here, and um, you were a great first guest. Hey, you guys did a good job. You know, and it's really good talking to people who are you know as passionate about comics as I am. And obviously, you guys love the Flash, and we do. You know, yeah, it's really great. You guys, and yeah, I hope you guys like some of the stuff we have next year. The plans we have coming up, like fifty-eight, is uh, it's a fun issue. I feel like um, one of my goals was really to get. To, to, to get Barry into a certain place in the book. And I feel like we're starting to head that direction. And um, I don't know. I'm, I'm really excited about the stuff we have coming up this at the end of this year. And then the stuff we have next year, I think, are going to be really cool. I've seen art for some of the stuff that's coming up next year. And it's like, I don't know, man, it's awesome. Sometimes I'll get art in for the book. And I'll have to like get away. I'll have to get up from my desk and like walk away for a minute. Because I'm just like so pumped up and hyped, you know? <laughs> yeah. yeah. I was well, we were just so glad to have you on, and you're more than welcome on anytime you ever want to be on in the future. And um, just thank you so much overall. Yeah, thanks, guys. I'll, yeah, I'll thanks. talk to you guys later and have a, have a good week. Yep, and thank you to anybody who listened to this episode. Uh, this is definitely our biggest episode yet. I hope you enjoyed, and we hope to get more comic writers on in the future. Uh, thanks for listening. Yeah, thanks for listening. Thanks for being a hero. Bye.